This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along to Double Tap for the 20th of September 2023. I think it's a day in the week. Let's say Wednesday. Coming up, the Caps' Smart Vision 3 review and why Sean shouldn't buy something. You're listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. Oh, I feel like the kid that turned up... Thank you, thank you. I feel like the kid that turned up to school and forgot his homework and is going to have to bluff some kind of presentation now. Welcome to Double Tap. Wow. Uh, yes, it's Wednesday. It's the midweek hump. Absolutely yeah. fine, Stephen. How are you? I'm all right. So I was, you know, kind of toying with the idea whether I should do the Smart Vision 3 review today or tomorrow. Because, you know, I, I do feel like I'm significantly underprepared. Is there anything usual or unusual about that? Well, no, usually you are very organised, Stephen. So I will cut you some slack here. I'm sure, look, if you if you feel like you want to wait till tomorrow, even though you did promise it today to our lovely listeners. Oh, thanks. Oh, no, you sit like that. Now I feel obliged to no, do it. No, no, we want, we want the quality, Stephen Scott. So if you want to wait till tomorrow, that would be absolutely fine. Hang on, you want quality? Well, I say quality in you know <laughs> our terms, obviously. So I've got a box and it's got a phone in it, and it's okay. There you go. Well done. Um, so, <laughs> uh, no, do you know I do want to talk a little bit about it, but I might spread it into tomorrow as well. I should also say tomorrow on the show we have uh, the one and only Robin Christofferson, Lord Robin, Doctor Lord, Doctor Lord, yes, yes, Doctor Lord. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he's sorry, I put you off. I did, Doctor of what? <laughs> He's got his doctorate. What does that mean? He got a doctorate in, um, I believe it was computer science. But they just gave we him all, it. Yeah, yeah. Honorary, just a obviously. test. Hang on, no, no. I am. I'm busting my bits around here. Well done for a smart vision review, and you know, making this show. What am I? What am I, what do I get? I don't uh, get an honorary doctorate. Do, oh. Was it a doctorate in? If, if you can't say it, you computer can't have one. science. <laughs> Can you imagine? I would love a doctorate. Oh, I would. Doctor Sean. Oh, man. I would have everyone address me by that as well. Would you? Sorry, it's Doctor Sean. Thank you. I think you you should only be allowed to be called doctor if you're a doctor of health. I believe it's called medicine. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah, okay, go with that. Yeah, if you're a doctor of medicine and health, then. Because uh, health is important, right? Health. I mean, if you were a doctor of, say, death. Then Breaking news! You wouldn't be the probably the best. You wouldn't want to go to that doctor, right? So, but, you know, but before we go any further down this terrible, terrible hole that we've dug for ourselves, let me just say that Robin never refers to it himself. He doesn't even refer to his title from the Queen. By no, the way, that's true. That is true. He doesn't refer to that either. He's very, very humble and. Things. He He's is Mr. Nice. Humble Pie, and it's why he we is. love him. So he is going to be joining us tomorrow. Uh, we're going to be reviewing all the Amazon news, and uh, I, I don't know if he's going to do it yet, but we've asked him to join us on Friday as well because Microsoft have their big event, and there's a lot Yay! of yeah, but there's a lot of rumor about this one, and, and it's not good rumor either. It's like How oh yeah, dare you? started off with all that we're going to get all this new Surface, you know, Surface tablets, Surface laptops, uh-huh. Surface we this, will. Surface that, and then it's like oh, there might not be any hardware. Hang on, what are they going to talk about? They're not going to talk about AI the whole event. I'm getting a bit bored of AI, if I'm honest. It's like, yeah, yeah. you know, what, what can it do? Oh, it can answer questions and it can, you know, what summarize you a document. Yeah, we know. What what can it do next? That's what I want to know. When oh, am I getting my robot you. AI backpack? 
You're like that Veruca salt, aren't you? You never, you always want more, don't you? I used be my uh, AIs. Thank you. Yeah. Well done. I used my be my AIs this morning, and I asked it, <laughs> "Have I got odd shoes on?" And it told me I didn't. You know what? That was worth. How its do you know? Gold. Did you get it, that verified? Well, no one pointed and laughed and said, you know, you've got odd shoes on when I went up the shop earlier on. So it was cool. No, he said you're wearing black shoes with a, a mesh uh, material and they are matching. So, mm. I mean, that's cool, right? Yeah, yeah. It's fine, All right, yeah. so AI is great. Basically, that's what I'm saying. No, so Copilot is coming to the next update in Windows. So, yes, there is going to be talk about AI, the chat GBT actually in your operating system. That is going to be cool, but of course there's going to be some devices there. There's got to be. Well, hopefully Robin will join us for that as well. We can talk about whatever it is they announced. Dr. Uh, Robin. He's Dr. Lord Robin. He is uh, going to be joining us to talk about that and also his own experience getting back into the world of Windows, and in particular Windows 11. Now, he's used Windows for a long time as a virtual machine on a Mac. But yeah, he's got rid of that, thank goodness. And he's, uh, do you know, it's okay, but it's not brilliant. You know, it just isn't. It's not the same. It's not the same. He's been perfectly happy running that for years oh, yeah. and until, years. Until, and you heard the message we got last night, he sent us this message saying, do you know how fast Windows is? It's like really good. <laughs> Everything happens straight away. You don't have to wait for five minutes. And he's using some kind of HP thing. Uh, you know, I mean, if it's fast and decent on an HP thing... Then you know that's going to be. Whoa, whoa, imagine whoa, whoa. what it'd be like if you're on a Surface or a or a uh, something else. Hello, HP. We do love you. Um, uh, no, HP is good for. I know it's a business laptop he's got, so it will be fast oh, and powerful. Now you've already no, I'm said not. it. HP, that's okay. I don't like. You know, I don't, you know what I don't like about? I don't like their keyboards. That's why I don't like. There, I said it. Okay. You know, yeah, you were keyboard weird. I, when HP. it comes to laptops, I'm very, very picky about my keyboards. <laughs> I actually now I'm trying to think. Was that a Dell or an HP I had way back when? I, th- I want to say it was like a 17-inch a laptop. You know, it, it felt at least that size, but it may have well have been a 15.6. Like a suitcase. But it had, yeah, it was big. And it was one of those ones, you know, kind of maybe 10 years ago, probably. And it was big, but the keyboard on it, oh, it was a delight. I think it was Adele. I think it was Adele. Not the singer, the laptop. Uh, yeah. Yes. Well, computer. Okay. Anyway. Phones. Yeah. Phones. Smart Vision 3 capsules. Are, are we doing it? Ooh, are we? Okay. Yeah, let's do it. So here's the thing. Um, <laughs> a bit of enthusiasm. Well, <clears throat> I do try. So I want to talk you through this little thing because uh, first off, I'm going to tell you when you pick this thing up out of the box, the first thing I think is light. It is light in my hand. It's not oh. very light. I mean, it's not like feather light, but it's it's compared to the iPhone 14 Pro, it's light. Um, I believe it's 160-something grams. Oh, well done. Thank you. Oh, have you been researching? I have been uh, looking <laughs> just a little bit, yes. Oh. Uh, as far as I know, it's I didn't know this was a, a combined review. I'm loving uh, it. Excellent. <laughs> you can do all the work then. Uh, so uh, in terms of size, you if you were to sit this next to or sit this in front of the iPhone 14 Pro, just to give you a sense, you're talking um, certainly a good bit thinner, I would say, but certainly in terms of size, I'd say it's narrower and taller by about half an inch. So it's narrower in terms of width, but it is certainly taller by about half an inch. Uh, so that gives you the sense of size. This is a Google certified phone. Now, what that basically means is it can run apps on the Google App Store without any problems on the Play Store. So you can download those apps directly to this. So, you know, this is specialist to an extent. I'd say the extent is as far as perhaps the keyboard, the design, certainly the launcher when you get started in it. Um, 
But that kind of stops there because everything then inside is Android. So it is running Android 11. And yeah, we were up to 14 now. And yeah, Android moves on and a lot of Android devices don't move on. That is not uncommon. I mean, it's quite interesting when you look at the stats on this, when you look at people who upgrade from their previous version of Android to the latest version of Android, it's much less than people who upgrade iOS. Much, much less. And I think that's just because in our minds, we're so used to with iPhones, you just update to the latest phone because, or iOS, because you know the phones will work with it. You know that you'll get so much mileage on that. Um, And obviously it works across the devices in the same way, whereas it's different with Android. You've got so many different devices running the software. And this is one included. So um, looking around the device, on the left-hand side, if I trail my finger up the left-hand side of the device, I've got a SIM card tray, which I can pop out with one of the little, um, those little kind of paper clippy things they give you with a little point on the end. (laughs) A SIM insertion tool. Yeah, just fancy names. It's a paper clippy thing with a (laughs) point at the end of it. It's in the box. And um, also you have then, you run your finger on the top of the device, You've got a 3.5 millimeter headphone jack. Nice. Nice. Hallelujah. Old school. I like it. Hallelujah. Yeah, I must say that. That is good. Um, All right, calm down. It's on the headphone jack. Um, Then to the right of that, you've got a power button, which you would hold in for a couple of seconds to start the phone up. And then when your phone is active, you can then use it to sleep and then wake the phone up just by pressing. Then you move down the right-hand side of the phone. You have what's quite a rather rough-feeling button, almost sandpapery type button, uh, which is the first button you come to. That's your Google Assistant button, but it's also your dictation button. So you can actually use that to dictate into form fields. And you access that anytime you hear Capsis keyboard on the device. So when you're using it and you go to a text field, you would select on that text field and then it will say Capsis keyboard, and you can either type with the on-screen keyboard on the touchscreen, or you can actually type with the keypad, the physical keypad, or you can dictate with that button at the side. And you just press it once, it activates dictation, and then you press it again to stop dictating. Um, then below that, you've got two volume buttons, uh, pretty obvious there. At the bottom, you have a USB-C connection. That's popular these days, isn't it? Uh, there you <laughs> nice. go. Stick that, Apple. Um, you've got a USB-C connection at the bottom of this. It's kind of off to the left. So if you were feeling the buttons along the bottom of the phone, you'd feel the star, you'd feel zero, and then you would feel the hash key or the pound key. Um, I don't know which one that is, what the pound key is. Is that the one on the left or right? But anyway, I know it's star, zero, I can never hash. remember. Uh, for us. And so uh, between the star and the zero, if you just run your finger between the two and then down to the bottom of the phone, you'll actually feel on the underside that USB port, the uh, USB-C port there. And you've also got a little grill at the bottom, which is your speaker. If I turn it around to the back of the device, on the back, just top middle, you've got a fingerprint sensor. So you've got your Touch ID back. Um, Also, you have your camera bump. I don't know why I said that. Uh, Camera bump as well is on there. Uh, And uh, it's not as pronounced as the 14, I'll tell you that. But it's there. And on the front, you've also got a front-facing camera for selfies or for WhatsApp video calls, Google Duo calls or whatever else. So that is the design of the phone. And on the front itself, the actual keypad. So what you're looking at here is a screen that takes up about, I'd say, just under two-thirds of the screen from the top, or two-thirds of the entire front of the device, I should say, from the top. 
And then below that, your lower third, maybe a little bit more than that, is the keypad. This has a one to nine uh, T9 keypad. Now, what that basically means is you're talking about having the numbers one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Then you've got star, zero, and hash. Above those keys, you have four buttons, two on the left, two on the right, up and down on top of each other. You have a home key, a back button. You've also got a delete key, and you've got what is essentially like a context menu button. So, you know, if you ever go to an application, you can actually, you can get a little context menu that'll pop up and it'll take you to things like the top back accessibility features, the CAPSIS accessibility features, quick settings oh. for the apps, that kind of thing. Then in the middle, you've got your up, down, left, right cursor keys and a select button. The screen itself is touchscreen. So if you wanted to explore by touch in the way you would with an Android app, you can do that. You can also, using the CAPSIS launcher, you can actually disable the touchscreen. And I think oh, that's, that's nice. actually a really useful tool because if you are running your fingers around these buttons all the time and there does seem to be a bit of a gap, there is a screen. It feels like the screen's, it's all screen, right? But I think there's a little bit of where this is not screen on the panel just above the buttons because I've run my finger up there sometimes and I haven't touched the screen. So it yeah, must be a, a slight bezel. divide there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, a bit of a bezel going on. So that's good. Um, in terms of the device and functionality, now look, I could go into this in great, great detail if you wanted oh, me to. please do, yes. Um, but I know you don't. So, oh. um, look, I, I want to talk a little about performance, okay? Now, you looked this up for me last night because I couldn't find the information here. What's the processor in this? Um, it's a MediaTek P70, which is actually was a sort of a, a very popular processor in 2019. It was sort of a mid-range arm processor but i mean it got great reviews at the time so the processor isn't uh by any means you know low level but okay. at the same time it's from 2019 and it's running four gig of ram so i think that's fairly average for a smartphone especially of this nature i think um, i know they go up to eight and even 12 i think on the pro end, pro end of, the, of the, all this but i think this is actually running a reasonable processor I will say, and I'm going to let you hear it, so I'm going to just put my finger on the back of it to open it up. So here it is. So I don't know how well you'll hear this, but I'm going to hit the home button, which is top left. So we're into what is a list, right? So you've got a list of applications, contacts, telephone, and messages. Okay, so that gives you access to the main core areas of the device. That's all there is on the home screen, that, the date, and the time as well. Uh, if you wanted to get into your applications list, and again, it's really important to know this. We're talking about a list here. We're not talking about a whole row of icons. Agenda selected. So there's going to be a number of apps on here you might not see traditionally on an Android phone because what Capsis have done is they've gone out and curated a number of apps which would be of benefit to us. Now, these are all apps you can get today in the Google Play Store. There's nothing specialist per se on here about this. This is just something, the only real, I guess, specialist element of this is the design of the launcher, which is this list format, which I have to say I really like. So let me just arrow down. And all I'm doing here is I'm just using the cursor down key. Application updates, assistant, banknote recognizer, Bing, book reader, calculate, calendar, camera, Chrome. Do you get any idea, right? So that's all the kind of different apps on there. If you wanted to quickly find an app, so let's say you wanted to find WhatsApp, for example. 
you can just hit the number nine because that is the W key. W, X, Y, Z is the buttons, or the keys you can get by pressing number nine. So if I hit nine. W, web radio selected. That will immediately take me to the apps with W that start with the letter W. WhatsApp. And then once I've chosen the app I want, I can just enter in on it by uh, hitting the select button. WhatsApp. Welcome to WhatsApp. And if I want to navigate it, I just use the down arrow. Read our privacy policy. Tap. Agree and privacy policy. I'll do it again. Terms of service. Who can be bothered? English. English, yeah, why not? Button. Agree and continue. Agree and continue. So I can hit agree and continue phone by number. hitting select. WhatsApp. Edit box. Phone number. Showing phone number. So that's showing phone number. So that's where I can type in my number. And of course, what's great is because I've got a keyboard, I can just type in... One. Edit box. One. Editing. Phone number. Selected. Three. Four. Five. I'm just typing that in. Six. Nice and easy. I don't have to have any difficulty. And the button at the top right, it seems to act as almost like an, an enter button. So I can then hit enter. 123,456. And that enters Edit that into box. the field. One, two, three, four, five, six, phone number. Can't get any simpler than that, can you? This is what I love about this. This is where yeah. I think the simplicity is. And, you know, earlier I was playing around with the Bing app as well. And I was asking it, you know, so tell me all about Double Tap, which, by the way, if you do that, is incredible. The amount of information that is now about us. Oh, no. It gets everything right, which is incredible. Um, but, yeah, I went in and out. I typed in. And what I realized was the dictation. In fact, maybe I'll show you. So what happened is I went into the Bing app. So, again, I'll hit home. Home screen. Applications. I'm in applications. So I'll hit select. Um, I can arrow to B if I wanted to, or I could just, uh, for Bing, or I could just hit B twice. A, B, banknote recognizer. Then down. Bing. Into Bing. Bing. Button. Close. So now I'm in the Bing app, okay? So I'm going to just arrow down again. That's the best way to do it, because it always drops us right at the top left of the screen. Views. Bing. Button. Okay, Bing button. Let's do that. Bing. Web view. So I'm in the web view. Uh, sounds very reminiscent of Fire OS. Um, but let's uh, let's carry on down. Button. Close. Button. More. Graphic. Bing logo. Heading to your AI-powered copilot for the web. Bing is powered by AI, so surprises and mistakes are possible. Please share feedback so we Let can Let me see improve. if I can get to the text field here. So I'm just going to arrow it down because I already button. asked a question. I'm just going to arrow all the way down to the bottom here. Hang on. I'm just going to arrow, arrow. And the great thing is I can just keep arrowing and arrowing and arrowing until it gets me to the very end. Okay, so I'm right at the bottom now. I think I might have gone so far. I've actually gone back to the top You've again. You've gone past it. I've gone can right I just back. say while you're doing that, yeah. you said press B twice. Uh, oh, sorry, I think two meant, twice, I meant. Yes. Two twice to get the letter B on the, the keyboard. Yeah. That's right. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, so, yeah. That's right. You're doing it live. Talking and thinking is not my thing. I'm impressed. So, okay, so that, whatever that is, is disabled. Here we are. So that's the edit field for Bing, right? So Bing chat. So I can enter on that. I can select that. Edit box. Editing. Selected. Showing Capsi's keyboard. Showing Capsi's keyboard, okay. So that is now showing me the keyboard. I can type into that using that physical keypad, or I could just say, can you tell me more about Sean Priest, who presents on the Double Tap show on AMI in Canada? Oh, no. 
Let's see what comes up here. So that is it is now taking that. Now has it done anything with it? Let's see. Hmm. Okay, let's see. Added box. Editing. Selected. Okay, let's try that again. Tell me more about Sean Priest, who presents on Double Tap Canada on AMI Audio. Okay, let's see if it's done it. Edit box. Tell me more about Sean Priest, who presents on Double Tap Canada on like AMI it. Audio. Editing. Selected. EMI audio. Okay, so I'm going to Tell enter that. <laughs> Let's see. So I'll just arrow down. Button. Button. Submit. Submit that. And let's see what we get. Okay. Now I will say that on the iOS app, I'll often get a spoken response right away. I Searching guess that might be an option. Sean Priest biography. Sean Priest biography. It's looking for your biography, Sean. I haven't done it oh, yet. Oh, this is going to be good, right? Okay, so let's see what comes up. Please. Right. Oh, this is going to be so good. Edit point. <laughs> I don't think we've ever had a live edit point before. Right, hang on. No, hang on. Let's just go through. Well, that's all we got time for. I think it's time for the break. <laughs> okay, let's here we go. I think the answer's coming. I have nothing. I'm incredibly dull. Oh, here we go. Generating answers for answers. Sean Priest is an audio producer from Manchester who has a real passion for technology. <gasps> oh, despite I do. being born with a visual impairment, Sean's oh. sight has worsened over the years, oh. and as such, he has depended more on assistive technology. One, you can yes. also hear Sean on Army's Double Tap podcast, airing weekly at noon Eastern on Amy Audio, or oh. download it from your favorite podcast platform. Two. Despite being born with a visual impairment, Sean's sight has worsened over the years and as such right. he has depended more on assistive technology one. All right. Okay. He also hosts Sean of the Shed, a show where he gives those oh, new yeah. to the world of technology a oh, helping yeah. hand with everything from using a screen reader or smart speakers to unboxing and starting up a new computer one. You can also Perfect. hear Sean on Army's Double Tap podcast. Oh, there you go. Right. Okay. Right. Okay. It's good. just going through it. But isn't that... Um, I mean, that's kind of scary, isn't it? How it knows all that stuff. <laughs> Jeez, absolutely. But I mean, that was that was a great demo, actually, because the Bing app is one of those apps where, yes, it's accessible, accessible, but the navigation is a little bit lengthy. It's, you know, it's not sort of optimized for us as screen reader users, right? No. But you were able to shift through that quite quickly and actually get to where you wanted to go. And, you know, full disclosure, I've been playing with this for a couple of days, right? And, and in fact, more than that, actually, and especially the Bing app, because I'm fascinated by it. So, you know, yes. I've been getting used to how many, you know, that thing, you just get used to how many button presses to get to certain places. And you'll very quickly realize that, uh, that mm -hmm. you can move around quite easily. I have to say, overall, I'm, I am impressed. I want to talk about the process of speed and think, mm, feels a bit slow. But I wonder if, if I got eloquence on there, for example. Yeah, and of course, again, I can do that, right? Because it's Android. I could put vocalizer voices on there. I could acapella. put on acapella. I could put anything, on eloquence. Really? Yeah. I could use any voice. So I'm not limited by anything because this is an Android phone. So there's that, which I think is quite cool. I, I, I was tempted to say yesterday, I was thinking about this, and I was kind of coming to the conclusion this might be more of the type of device for someone who is starting out. Okay. And I think that's still true. I think someone who's starting out, who's getting to know a smartphone, who is struggling with the touchscreen, as we've talked about, and maybe isn't prepared to make the leap into touchscreens yet, it opens it up because it gives you the, the option to have the keypad, which you might use all the time, but you've also got the opportunity to try the touchscreen and get used to it. So there's that benefit. 
But I would go one step further, and I hope you're listening to this, Capsis, because I think there's a market out there for a much more powerful version of this. I could see a real... I mean, I know this is a... The, the version that Capsis sent me was called the premium version, right? But I think what they need to do is not a premium version in the sense of they've chucked in a wireless charger and a case. I think they need to do more. I think they actually need to come up with a pro version, higher spec because that would really appeal to me. Would I move to this at the moment? Probably not. I think it would, de- I will say this, I think this could be a fantastic replacement for my Victor Reader because well, it does all the things that it can do to some that's, degree. I mean, that's I something, I, something I was going to ask you about. Yeah, um, absolutely. Um, no, carry on. Well, I mean, I think it's a good replacement for that potentially because, of course, you've got the online access, you know, you've got Bluetooth in there. You know, all the things that you would get in the Victor Reader Stream 3, for example, you know, I've currently got the two. And things I miss are the Bluetooth. I mean, okay, you've got Wi-Fi capability on there, but this, of course, you could have a SIM card in it, so you can use it anywhere. Uh, it is a phone, but you might not necessarily use it as a phone. I might use it as a music player. I might use it as a, a book reader with the app that's in there. Uh, yes. And, of course, if the app isn't of my to, or to my liking, it doesn't matter because I can just go get another one. If I want Audible, I'll go download Audible, and I'll get my Audible books on there. So... I must say that this is the bit that intrigues me. This is where I feel there's a wall that's fallen down somewhere with Capsis in that often these devices are built with us in mind, and this definitely is, but it's often locked down. The software is locked down. What we kind of want, I think, is that open environment that everyone else lives in, but with a small adaptation. Yes. And that's what this is. But I still think that Capsis could go one step further with this and create a higher-end version. And then people like myself, who could really benefit from this but might feel it a little bit restrictive at times, or just, you know, with, you know just the speed of it just doesn't feel quite there. See, you keep, you keep saying that, and it's, it's, it's interesting to me because you're, you're not saying, oh, this is too slow to use or anything, mm-hmm. but it's, it's obviously something that's, that's there, that's kind of getting in the way just a little bit because it does keep coming up how you feel it's slightly sluggish. And it's not an Apple versus Android thing here. I know you might immediately go to that, not you, but I know some people would uh, because I've had a lot of people say, well, you'll always just default back to iPhone. It's not that I default back to iPhone. It's just that I get the right and the good experience with iPhone. I get the experience I like, I get which is snappy, which is fast, which is responsive. I would get that on a high-end Android phone, right? But I've just made a decision to have an iPhone. I would get the same experience with a Pixel because I really do like the Pixel phone. If I got again, the same experience with Capsis that I got with my iPhone in terms of speed, that would intrigue me. That might be enough to make me consider switching. Yeah. I mean, it, we, it, it could be said it's unfair to compare it to high-end, you know, top-tier And you can't, you can't do that. or no. pixels. Which is, why, which is why I think that, the, and that's the thing, we often end the conversation with that. Well, you know, you can't compare them. But I think actually it's time not to compare them, but for these companies to consider that we are no longer all just starting out. That's no. the difference today. That's the difference today than perhaps we were 10, 15 years ago. We're no longer just starting out. Base level is just the base level now. There should be a mid-tier, a top-tier, a higher tier than that, a pro-tier. That seems to me a more sensible approach. If you want to look at the way to do it, look at the smartphone companies. Look at Samsung. You know, they've done that. They've got the A range, which is for your entry level, which is fairly powerful, but does the job. 
Then you've got, you know, your Pro Series. You've got the S range. Yeah. You know, the the, the Z, whatever it is next. You know, it's just, you've got all these different (laughs) options. The same with iPhone. You've got 15, you've got the 15 Pro, you've got the Pro Max. You know, Google's the same. Google has Pixel 8. It will have Pixel 8 Pro. Yeah. You know, I think it's time for these manufacturers to stop thinking about the base level. And I'm not saying this is base level, but it, but it kind of is. It's running Android 11. It's running a fairly decent processor, but from three years ago. Yes. You know, so come on. Maybe t- it's not that we wouldn't put the money in. If we like it, we'll buy it. And maybe there's a fear. Maybe there's a fear in tech companies that they, they go too far and they just don't get the return. I don't know. Um, yeah, it... Uh... I think the the comparison to something like the Victor Reader Stream is more interesting to me, or even the Sense Player, right? Mm-hmm. The ability to install Android apps really gets past some of the problems that you may have with something like the Victor Reader Stream, um, where you know the, the built-in apps aren't quite cutting it for you, or whatever it may be, or there may be a, a problem accessing some service. As you said, you could download alternatives from the Android Play Store on something like this. So I think that's um, that's a more interesting comparison. Would you give up, you know, which would you rather go for, the Stream 3, hmm. the Sense Player, or this? Yeah, yeah. And, of course, the one major difference is this is a phone. So you get the added benefit of having a phone in there as well. I'm intrigued by it. One thing I want to just add on as well, because in the box, and I've actually I've opened up the box, obviously, to bring the phone out to use it, but... A couple of things that I haven't yet played with too much because I've been using it in the house. One is in the box you have, and this is in the premium edition, you get in here, let me just open this up, you get a, oh, you get oh. a silicon case. Yes, there are two versions, as you said. I can't remember if it's just Smart Vision 3 and then the Smart Vision it's like 3 Premium. Standard and premium, yeah. Kind of but thing. The, only, the only difference is no hardware differences. It is just what you get in the package, in the box, right? I'm hitting you with my silicon uh, oh, thank you. It was lovely. There you go. You like that? Um, also, <laughs> do you want me to hit with a lanyard? There you go. There's your lanyard you might as, well, as well. You might as well throw that away, Stephen. You know <laughs> no, you can't attach it. I, I, just, I, I just love that it's got a lanyard. I just feel, you know what, round of applause for the lanyards. Come on. I just we love, love lanyards. What let's is it that, with lanyards and get that on a t-shirt. blind people? Yeah, I know. That should be on a, Actually, wouldn't the best t-shirt be a lanyard? Like printed on the T-shirt. That's what we should do is double tap. That's it. That's what we need to do. Um, Also in the box, you have this wireless charger. And I want to give mention to this because, you know what, you'd say, okay, it's a wireless charger, whatever. comes with USB-C to USB-A connector plug. It's a USB connection into this. This has actually been designed for visually impaired people. What does that mean? Well, instead of your standard, because you all know the problem with these, right? This lies flat on the desk. And the problem with that is (laughs) trying to line it up to get it yes. to stay on the charger. What they've done is basically they have built these little ridges around the edge that hold the phone in place. So when I place the phone into the into this, and it's got like a rubber mat there as well, once I place the phone onto that, it is charging because it is in position. And it's just a simple little thing. Around the edges, you have these raised edges that hold the phone in place. And also on the base of it, you have these little rubber, uh, little rubber bits, I guess, little rubber feet, and that is also stops it moving around the desk as well. So once it's sitting there, it's pretty solid, and it's also in position. So unless you knock it off the desk, in which case that's your problem, then it's actually working really well. So I have to say kudos to them for that because I've never seen that before. Um, you can of I course would, use any. I would love that. 
But yeah, it's good, isn't it? I mean, I'm sure mainstream would love that as well. Basically, it's got a cutout where you put the phone. Pretty much. Yeah. So simple. I mean, it's flat around the ed- it's flat around the sides, but on the edges, you've got these little raised bits that actually show you where to that guide yeah. you to where the phone should sit. And yeah, and, and look, I should say as well, you can use it with any charger, any wireless charger at all. So if you've got one, you can use that. And if you're comfortable with it, that's fine. But this does obviously offer you a bit more security um, when it comes to ensuring that you're actually charging the device. So, you know, would I recommend this? I would recommend this phone, actually. I think it's a great little device. I love the fact that we can download any app from the App Store. I love the fact that this is something which is, you know, it has that physical keypad as well, but it doesn't seem to be in any way detrimental to the experience. It actually seems to add more to it. And it feels like, a, I would say it's like using a keyboard, like a, a Bluetooth keyboard with a phone, an Android phone, but... I'm not entirely sure that's even true. I think this is even better than that. So, mm, yeah, and, and the dictation feature, just being able to press that button. Of course, outside of, and we didn't test this, but outside of a dictation field, that will act as a Google Assistant button. That can be really useful as well. You still have the classic problem, though, of Android talking all over oh. your, uh, your, your, you know, whatever it is it's trying to do, if it's trying to give you the, the response, that can be a problem. That's becoming an issue in iOS as well, I've noticed. But, um, yeah, anyway, that's my thoughts on that. I should move on to a break because so we have emails to get to. We're running but, out of time. Uh, yeah. That was are very you, good, uh, Stephen. Are you happy with that? I am very happy with that. Yeah, that seems like... Um almost the perfect device with, with regards to what you said, really. So bringing down the walls between everything. The fact that you've got the touchscreen there, you've got the keys there, and you've got the ability to turn the touchscreen off if you want to. That's nice. They covered every sort of base there. It does seem nice. Yes, but it's been well thought out. I really like it. Um, okay, well, look, I expect lots of questions, so send them in, and I will do my best to answer them. We'll maybe get to those tomorrow, actually, because we've already had a few questions in I can answer on tomorrow's show. Uh, but uh, for now, we'll take a short break. We'll come back and get into more of your emails. Connect with the Double Tappers on social media now, on Twitter and Facebook at Double Tap On Air, and on Mastodon at Double Tap. So, okay, let's get to some of your emails. And I want to start with one. This comes from Eric, and it's on the subject of uh, something, well, Sean and I know only too much about, quite frankly. We are experts in this field. Oh. Oh, yeah. Online dating. Hi, this is Eric from New York City. I just found out about your podcast online. I've listened to about seven episodes now in the last week, really enjoying it. Obviously, I wish I had the time for all of it. Uh, one of you said that as a blind person, you, uh, it's, you'll kind of have to keep up on the technology. I agree. The one sort of um, Internet realm that I feel is really difficult for blind people is online dating. And I bring that up because even in large cities, it seems that's how most sighted people are meeting um, that special someone right now. But a lot of these apps like uh, Hinder and uh, Bumble and Hinge are so visually driven that there's, it's almost pointless. I mean, the only thing, if I were going to use it, I would just swipe right on everyone and just see if anybody um, wants anybody's likes me back, but that's kind of demoralizing. Uh, so I live my life. So I was wondering whether you had any opinion on that. Best wishes to you all, and I look forward to more very interesting episodes. 
Eric, thank you so much for that. Thank you for getting in touch, especially on that topic, because look, that's quite a difficult topic for a guy to come out and, and talk about. So congrats to you on that. Um, you know, talking about getting out and dating, you know, it's challenging enough, isn't it? And then you add this <sighs> extra level of complexity when it comes to, oh, good. Now that's online too. It's not just my doctor's surgery and, you know, getting my tablets <laughs> and my food. And I've got, to, and I've got to get my date online as well. Um, it's, um, it's, I mean, look, for me, I'm going to put it out there. It's an area I never, ever gone, had ever need to go near. Thank God. Um, it was never a, an area I needed to think about. Um, and I hope I never do. Let's just say it that way. But, um, <laughs> but I totally get your point on this. And I think this is definitely one for the listeners. Sean, tell me, because you've been with your partner for a long time. So I'm guessing, unless you've thirty two years, yes. the secret that you've been secretly on, what is it, <laughs> Tinder? Is that the one they're all on? Ah, my Tinder profile. Yes, absolutely. Um, No, it's, uh, yes, it's something I haven't had experience of either. And uh, to be honest, Eric, welcome to Double Tap, by the way. It's great to have you. And Mm -hmm. I don't know about this. Is this a generational thing? Because I honestly think that dating apps are a very bad place to look for a relationship. They may be a great place to look for other things, but for a relationship... I'm not so sure. I think more of social media groups. I think it's all about the shared interests when it comes to meeting someone and actually forming a relationship with someone. And it's so difficult to do that in the real world when you're blind. Let's be totally honest. You know, not just mobility issues, but just being, uh, well, social interactions are, are a lot more difficult for us. Oh, look, I, so, I, spent, I spent five minutes once talking to a plant. Um, hey, I was absolutely you. convinced it was a woman with big hair. And oh God! Oh, I was worried. Good. Okay. <laughs> well done. We've all been there. I've said sorry to so many mirrors in my days. Look, we've all been there. Of course, we kind of come to accept it. But I don't know. Relationships are so complicated, and it's so difficult to do in our community. So I, I feel like I'm not convinced. And maybe, as I said, this could be a generational thing. Maybe if you're younger, maybe if you're in your 20s or whatever, then actually you see this as a perfect way to meet someone. But personally, I'm not too sure. I think more when I think of tech and dating, I'm thinking of just getting out there and meeting like-minded people. I think that's how you you get a relationship, but it is incredibly difficult. Well, it is because, I mean, I, again, not being on the single scene, I don't know what it's like anymore. And I, even when I was on the single scene, it wasn't something I considered because it wasn't even something people did then. I mean, I remember I remember the first time I met a friend who told me she had met someone through one of those apps. And I remember thinking, how does that work? Aren't they all just serial killers on there? Well, aren't you just immediately worried for that person? I've had exactly the same experience. And all you're yeah. thinking of, that just seems so unsafe. I don't know, is, is anything really safe? But yeah, I have the same sort of feeling. Yeah. But again, I, I've got an inkling that's just a generational thing. Maybe. But I I think this is a really interesting conversation because also it brings into the thing of um, blind or sighted partners. Oh, I know there's a there's a very tense conversation to be had about because some people say, you know what, I don't want a visually impaired partner. Mm -hmm. Um, Can I be honest? Oh, I don't know. Yes, go on. (laughs) I said at school, I never wanted a visually impaired partner. (gasps) I I did. And funnily enough, I said it to my, the person who's now my wife. Um, so she clearly didn't listen to that. And well, she that said the all same changes. thing. She when you're young. Yeah, of yeah. course. When you're young, that all changes, whatever opinion you have. But well, um, as people, right? I mean, th- this is what gets me about everything in the world today. 
you know, everything's wrapped around identity. And the truth is, you know, it's, it's just people are people. Good people are good people. Bad people are bad people and so on. And it doesn't really make a difference what colour you are, what disability you have, what gender you are. It's nothing to do with any of that. If you're a decent person, you're decent. If you're not, you're not, right? That's that's the end of it. Yeah. But, but I, I will say, you know, from Eric's perspective, this is something you're clearly wanting to do. And if that's the case, we should put this out there because I'm sure there's many other people who've tried these and I'd love to hear your take on this. So get in touch and tell us about apps you've perhaps used. We did a feature on our show, I think when we were doing Double Tap TV, it was Datability, I think there was the app. And it was an app developed by, and this is from memory, but I think it was two sisters or two friends who got together and actually developed this because they realised there was a need in the disabled community for this. So that might be something to look at. I'll, I'll look that into view, actually. Maybe we'll play that out here on, on the show and, and give you a chance to learn a bit more about that. Maybe that could be a good one for the Express this weekend, a little yeah. extra thrown in there. Um, but yeah, that, that, that'd be quite interesting to, to know more about because there needs to be more of these apps accessible. You know, and the problem is, if it's not accessible, that's a whole bunch of people just been wiped out in front of you. You can't access those people. And your, you know, potential next partner could have been on there, you know? Um, and also yeah, I think there's, there's, there's a big question, I guess, as well, around what the reaction of people who learn you're blind on there. It's like disclosure thing, right? Do, do you tell people you're blind? Exactly. As soon as you say you're thing. blind, do you immediately just cut yourself off? It's like an so Uber car, people. right? It just disappears. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Well, listen, Varel, the app Varel was uh, initially set out to be a dating app all about getting to know people's personalities and their voice. It was audio-based. There was no visuals. You couldn't send a picture or see uh, have a profile picture. That was the whole reason behind it. Of course, then we as a blind community jumped on it and just took it over and used it for whatever. Uh, and it has evolved since then. But um, yeah, that, I think that was the first blind-specific one I knew of. Uh, get in touch. Feedback at doubletaponair.com. one eight seven seven eight zero three four five six seven is our number. We'd love to hear from you on this subject. Online dating apps. What have you tried? What have you used? And from the blind perspective, what have you found most accessible? Uh, okay, let's go to Aaron, who wants to talk about uh, well, a rather large topic. Uh, I feel this is another conversation starter. Hi, Stephen, Sean and Double Tappers. I wanted to say I agree with Negative Julian and the points he raised. I also want to echo Stephen's points as well. I am the computer go-to person within my family. I'm still trying to get my mum on an iPhone. Since the rest of my family use iOS, it makes sense in the long run. However, she is afraid to move since it will be new to her and she wouldn't have me around for timely physical support on her device. My mum is sighted, by the way, and shall we say, older than I am. I understand her point and keep casually mentioning that it would be a good idea. So no, it's not just blind people, it's society at large. Charities have the greatest ability to frustrate the living soup out of me. On one hand, regardless of the organisation and the people with disabilities who usually run the organisations, they talk out of both sides of their mouths. One side, they say internally, you can do whatever you put your mind to, using the social identity model of disability as a pillar. On the other hand, while in the public view and fundraising, most likely, the use of the charity model, give us money to help our broken bodies and conditions we can't survive without support. While I'm not denying in any way that some people with disabilities truly do need support and financial assistance, when do we need to start taking responsibility for our own rights and actions, standing up for what we want and moving forward? When are systemic, societal and attitudinal barriers enough to stop anybody with a disability from being pushed around? 
especially when, as a minority, anyone can join any disability community for any reason, perm, temp or otherwise. Okay, I will get off my soapbox and continue listening to other, I mean, the only podcast that matters. Mm. Keep up the good work, Laura. I'll also include Stephen and Sean as well. God bless. Aaron Linson. Thanks, Aaron. Wow. That was um, fairly deep, wasn't it? You know what? I think that stands on its own, to be honest. I don't know what to add to that. Yeah, I must say, I find sometimes this approach of... So they call it the social model of disability, right? And this is a fairly new concept to me. And I feel it probably is for a lot of other people as well, but everyone's scared to say that because then they feel out of touch or they look out of touch. I don't care because I am out of touch. And I also feel that, you know, it's one of those things where if you, if you, as the social model seems to me anyway, that the, the, the view is that it's society's fault or not so much fault, but it's society's. Um, we are society's burden. It's society's responsibility. No, no, it's not even so much that. It's more that it's society's responsibility to solve the problems that make us disabled. We are not disabled ourselves. We are disabled by society. That seems to me the message of the social model of disability. I don't 100% agree with it. I don't not agree with it, but I don't 100% agree with it. And I feel if that's the doctrine that people want to throw out there, then you're kind of missing a lot of things. Yes, absolutely. You know, a ramp should be in place for someone in a wheelchair so they can get into a restaurant, right? That if that if that restaurant has only got stair access, then that restaurant is unintentionally, arguably, but certainly not enabling a disabled person to get in there. Yes. But I don't know. I have real issue with this because I think what it does is it, it kind of takes away a lot of my agency. It takes away a lot of my responsibility in life. You know, so and there's so many mixed views on this, and I see so many different opinions on it, and I, I'm sure we'll get plenty of comment on it. But I, I just don't know if that alone is good enough to stand. I think it's a mixture of things. I think there's of times it when... Is. It's like everything else. It's exactly. not black or white. No. It's, it's, it's all a grey area. Would have you tell, some people would tell you it is. It's just, no, no, that's it. Simple as that. And I think, again, there's one part of this conversation I think is missing. It's like the whole blind pride thing, right? And even just disability pride in general. I think there's something missing from that conversation. And it's it's an acknowledgement that's really important. And I think in some ways would actually lend me more time for the disability pride movement overall. Is if people acknowledged that not every person with a disability is living a happy life or indeed living a decent, good, qualitative life. A lot of people aren't. Now, those people often can't speak out for whatever, for, for the reason of their disability, right? Mm-hmm. That's not society's fault. That's the disability's fault. And we can't ignore that. And if we start saying it's society's fault and there's nothing to do with us, then arguably, does that say there's nothing wrong with us at all? Because I'm sorry, if my eyes weren't working or were working properly, I wouldn't be blind. And that would be, well, good for me, right? So it's not society's fault I can't see. So I struggle with this society's fault argument with all of this. I don't doubt that it is absolutely part of the conversation, but it in no means is the end of the conversation. And I think that's the bit that worries me is that sometimes people are out to push that narrative of it's social model, social model. And I'm just not on board with that. I'm saying, no, no, I I, I agree with what you're saying, 
I agree with your argument, and I think it's definitely part of the problem, but it's only part. So, yeah, that's my take on it. Okay. Yeah. You know what? I think you said everything. You and Aaron said everything there. I'm, I'm not going to add to that. I, I just don't think there's... Um, there is many people on the far extremes of either side of that argument, mm. as maybe there seems to be if you look on certain parts of social media. I think most people have a balanced view on when someone is you know, taking responsibility for ourselves and when something like a restaurant, as you mentioned, actually should think about access. Of course they should. I think it's most, the majority of us are, are balanced on that, I think. Uh, look, Cable, Cable, Caleb, I should say, sorry, never, <laughs> never try and read your screen reader <laughs> and talk at the same time. Caleb got in touch with us uh, on a question uh, around, uh, well, I'll let him tell you. Oh, hello, 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 double tappers. Hello? There seems to be a lot of conferences on blindness, accessibility, disabilities, assistive technology, etc. around the world. I'm surprised that there are so many to choose from. Which do you all enjoy covering or feel like you get the most out of? Is there a central place, besides Double Tap Canada and AMI, of course, where people can go to see a list of conferences and events around these communities? Thanks for all you do, gents. Caleb from Minnesota. Hashtag friend of the shed. P.S. My partner heard my email on your show and teased me because I signed off as Caleb from Minnesota. She said Americans tend to say the state we're from, Minnesota, Pennsylvania, because we arrogantly assume the rest of the world knows our states as well as we do. Conversely, people from other countries tend to use either a major city or they say their country in their sign-offs. I take all her excellent feedback to heart, so just in case the wonders of Minnesota are still unknown around the world, I'll sign off today as Caleb from the home of the free, land of the brave, your welcome world, the United States of America. Insert lots of American flag emojis and cool electric guitar riffs here. Much wordier, but my partner's excellent feedback is important to me. Love you, dear. Oh, that's nice. Well, yes, always good to listen to your partner. Absolutely. Um, it's always nice to yes. be brought down a peg or two, isn't it? Um, it's vital to listen to your I'm partner. I'm going to say Caleb from Minnesota, right? <laughs> Hooray for Minnesota, everybody. Hooray! Hooray! The 43rd state, I believe. Oh, what? what? I know. Have you done research today? Yeah. What's going on? I'm I confused. Just made that up. Oh, I was, I was just about to hit that as well. Just Break about that. to. There you go. Um, yeah, so conferences, and that's an interesting one because you're right, there actually seem to be one heck of a lot of conferences going on. Um, I have a bit of a bee in my bonnet about some of these as well. Oh, of course you have. What a of surprise. course What's new? <laughs> I've got so much to say on this show, now it is never enough. But honestly, um, it is just, yeah, I know, I know, I know. Um, All right. But look, the thing is, I think when it comes to conferences... There are tons and tons of conferences. And what I wonder sometimes is how many of them, other than the NFB or the ACB in the States, um, that's it, that I can think of. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Other than those, how many of them are for us, are with us, right? It's mostly organizations talking to other organizations or charities talking to business or talking to the wider world. Now, look, I'm not against that because you need to have that. Sounds right? like that's- it, Stephen. That, well, no, I'm, I'm not against All it, right. but I think if you've got, say, 100 conferences and two of them include blind people as the audience members, then I think we need to maybe balance that up a little bit. Now, I know that blind people can obviously go to these conferences and that's fine, but often I find I've resisted going to some of them because I feel I kind of know all this stuff. You know, it's like this, I know they're talking about the benefits of voiceover to a blind person. Well, yeah, I know that. Well, in that case, it might not be for you. I think you're absolutely right. There's things... Um 
that are that come from us as a community, NFB, ACB, those sort of conferences, they are really interesting because they're from us. They're what we want to talk about, right? Mm. And but the other ones, you know, like the Zero Project or the others that that are more, I would say, back end. To be honest, it's it's companies behind the scenes that are talking about accessibility. Yeah. I, feel not- I didn't I didn't even think about Zero Project in that, but no, because I didn't think of it in that sense. But yeah, you're right, actually. No, Zero Project is definitely one. Again, I mean, it speaks outwards. And again, there's no issue with that. I think what Zero Project does, and obviously having the benefit of being there this year, is, you know, kind of understanding the type of people. It, do- it doesn't just talk about disability, it showcases disabled people. That's and true. The, and, and, the, and, and also the products point. that support us. So I think that's actually something really important to say about Zero Project, actually. It's almost like WWDC with Apple, right? I mean, that is specifically aimed at developers rather than the mm. end users like us. That's about what's going on behind how they can produce the apps of the future. And that's how I see some of these conferences as well. You know, it, it's about sharing the accessibility, the trends in accessibility, the the workarounds or the, the processes of making something accessible, sharing that between charities and business and communicating that to companies and businesses. I think that's vital as well. Well, and maybe um, is it because the, the, the topic of accessibility for a lot of developers is still quite new? This is not something that, you know, is up there with... It always surprises me, though. And again, we're going back to, is this taught in universities when it comes down to computer science, computer coding, and things like that? I just expect... Yeah, but I still find that absolutely astounding. I know, but it doesn't change the fact. It's not taught anywhere. So what that means is suddenly all these developers learn about this this toolbox they didn't even know existed, you know, up there in the loft behind the teddy bears. You know, oh, there's this box (laughs) marked accessibility and it sounds quite cool. There's lots of cool things in here. But, of course, the problem is they've already developed their website or their app and they have to go and try and recreate it to make it accessible and that can cause the problems. So maybe that's part of the issue. Maybe that's it. Maybe we need to have more conversations like the ones we're having at the moment, and then we can be included into that. Because I feel, I know we are included in it, but I mean more in a, you know, if you're a blind developer, it's the place to be. If you're someone who's disabled, learning how to develop an app is a good place to be. I just mean as a consumer, I'm kind of looking for more consumer-led accessibility events around the world. And I don't think yes. there's that many going on. Someone can tell me different. Yeah, maybe. Uh, also, going back to Caleb's actual question there about is there a place where you can <laughs> see a list of every conference that's going on? I don't know of any. No, Steve? I don't think so. I know I know there are oftentimes different organisations around the world. I know some do have events lists. I'm trying to think. I mean, obviously the big one that I can think of immediately, in fact, this is the one we've left out, is actually CSUN. That's probably the biggest event of the year for us, for us as blind people, I would say. Uh, that's not really attached to any particular or you know charity, non-profit, whatever. Again, I see that more as a trade show, wouldn't you say? Yeah, it is. It is to some degree. There are conference elements to it as well. There are. Yeah, that's you true. Don't, we, don't, we don't cover that side of it too often on the show because that's something that's kind of closed off. Again, a lot of these things are tended to be behind closed doors. They are ticketed events. So if you want to be there, you have to go and you would you would enjoy the conference and the, the convention stuff there. But I just feel, it feels to me sometimes, I think this is what I'm getting at, I feel it just sometimes, there's lots of people, well-meaning people, who talk on our behalf a lot of the time. And you go to these conferences around accessibility and you'll very rarely ever see a disabled person presenting at them. And that worries me a little bit. You know, that where okay. are we in this conversation? Uh, you know, and ideally in the audience as well as on stage. Again, that really surprises me. Um, oh, I know. But you are far more experienced when it comes to conferences than I am. So, yeah. 
It's like you walk in the room and you're the only blind guy there and you think, really, in an accessibility conference? They, they weren't expecting a blind person to show up or a disabled person to show up? Really? But you're talking about accessibility, you, Stephen. Right? So it's accessibility I'm thinking of, right? There's not like another one I'm unaware of, you know? Yeah, probably. <laughs> I'm at the wrong conference again. Anyway, uh, it's not the first time I've done that. Anyway, um, listen, that's it for today. Tomorrow, we'll be talking all about Amazon. Yes, big breaking news. Hey! Because tomorrow it is, well, today, in fact, isn't it? Today, the event. It's but today. It's too late for us to get the info on air. So instead of rushing it, we'll do it tomorrow. We'll get all the information. Robert Christopherson will join us. And on Friday, Doctor. Microsoft, Lord, uh, Microsoft's big launch. We'll talk about that on Friday's show. Uh, get in touch. Share your thoughts on what you've heard. Feedback at doubletaponair.com or call us. Sean, thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Join me every couple weeks for the Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther podcast, where we learn about outdoor tech and tips. Plus, we look at news affecting the environment. AMI's Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther is available from your favorite podcast provider.